0: Episode 92 of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. I am your host, Luke Grilly. We are getting ready for week two of the NFL season. I'm here with Sean Z and Farky. Uh, Farky, Sean Zee, how does it feel to know that I'm the only one with a winning record in the league from the bill right now?
1: We were, we were
0: screwed. <laughs> Nuts uh, and bolts. We got screwed. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. Sean, we had a bit of a shit sandwich game uh, after I lost Del- Delaney Walker, and um, Danny Amendola was stuck in that uh, brutal double delay game that lasted seven hours, so I felt like they could never get anything going on there, but I lost Leonard Fournette as well, um, but it came down to to Monday night, uh, Marvin Jones versus Golden Tate. We sent out to the our Twitter followers um, who they thought would win, and uh, they thought, Golden Tate would win me, and they're right. So, uh, oh, I was
2: up by four. Um, thanks, Lashawn McCoy, for an utter <laughs> sandwich. And um, yeah, I didn't actually think that I would outdo duel you at quarterback. So, good to see you. Andrew Luck come back. We'll get to some of those those points as we get into some of the game breakdowns here.
0: Farky, what went wrong with your squad in Week One?
1: Well, first off, I got absolutely mauled by the by the worst opponent that you could get mauled by in the league. Who's the owner of Mauled? <laughs> One uh, Shrek, D-Shrek.
0: Mald City. Oh,
1: God. Uh, I had Goodwin <laughs> and uh, Collins and the uh, the Chargers defense.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, a little bit of a, a goose egg, or a lot of bit of a goose egg after having a thigh injury. We'll talk about him later on this episode, I'm sure. And uh, same thing with Alex Collins. Uh, two guys I actually did mention. um Over at negpodcast.com, we had our week one reactions as well as today busted out the sleeper article, trade target article. Uh, I still think Marquise Goodwin is a solid trade option. Uh, Going against Minnesota's defense is is a really tough task, and uh, the quad injury didn't help either. But uh, then tomorrow, or I guess by the time you hear this, we're recording on Tuesday. We uh, released on probably Wednesday. Um, Wednesday we are releasing our play and fade article Top guys, we think you should play. Top guys, we think you should fade. Uh, not your standard start and sit. Obviously, you start Antonio Brown every week. Uh, we try to talk about guys who may have struggled the year pre or the week previous, and uh, see if there's any way they can turn that ship around. Uh, and maybe a guy who excelled uh, the week before, if they're going to take a, a step back, we'll we'll put our thoughts on paper there too. Um, and of course, Mike is doing his super contest. Pick him every week. He picks his five favorite uh, bets for that upcoming week. Uh, in his little mini super contest, where a couple of well are week? taking part, I, 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 I don't do think well. he did very well. <laughs> I'd have to take a look at it. I don't think it went well. Um, we can check on that a little bit later on, but I, I, yeah, I, I, not ideal. Um, then, of course, uh, we have our college football podcast that comes out every week, as long as well as their pickems, which you two fine gentlemen are on there. How'd you guys do in your picks this week?
2: Uh, broke even, four and four. We are just basic. I think we're what. Um, what are we far seven and six on the year
1: seven and six I thought we I thought we went uh four and three we're f-
2: we may be, we maybe no I'm, I think we went four and three the week before uh, um but regardless what I'll say is we got a little greedy last week a little heavy on the favorites I anticipate actually that we're gonna have a nice bounce back week three um we actually just kind of as we were doing it kind of felt afterwards that we didn't get our best selections it was not the best college football week we'll be locked in i think we're going to go ahead and guarantee at least two wins above 500 on this next one Ooh. three and one four and one it's happening get your pocketbook ready yeah
1: you're never you're so, never going to lose money so at this point you're basically even <laughs> and we've given you about 16 games to watch that you could enjoy
0: yeah so I'm looking at Mike's super contest picks. He went three and two. Uh, he chose Chicago plus seven and a half, Denver minus three, and Cincinnati plus three. He got screwed on Denver three. because it actually got down to two and a half. Mm.
2: On almost any book, you could get two and a half before the game. So a little unfortunate there. Otherwise, he'd have had a, a – I guess he went three, two, and one then.
0: Actually, no, I'm sorry. He went two, two, and one because he got a push one. there. Yeah, he would have went
2: three and two. So a little bad beat. What were his two yeah, losses?
0: So, I'm sorry. But he also uh, his two losses were um, Arizona minus one and a half and uh, New York plus three over Jacksonville. So, uh, but he did choose Miami or has games he considered but didn't take. He's kicking himself in the ass for not taking these Miami plus one and a half and Baltimore minus seven and a half, which oh. uh, yeah, <laughs> that hurts. Baltimore is a lock city. I actually, that it was is. one of the few pro bets that I won money on this past week. Yeah. So uh, be sure to check uh, those those picks out every every week over at negpodcast.com and also follow the college pod at negpodcfb. And tonight we also have our baseball guys recording a podcast at negpodmlb. Uh, we are winding down the Major League Baseball season. Uh, they're talking Tribe, they're talking Bosox, pretty much anybody that is uh, in the runnings for the playoffs uh, heading into October. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here at the NeverEnding Glory podcast. But, gentlemen, we need to talk week one. A lot of things happen. A lot of unexpected things happen. Injuries. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Delaney Walker out for the season, Greg Olson out for an extended period of time. We'll talk about their replacements. Also, um, Doug Baldwin out for a few weeks with a grade 2 MCL tear. Not ideal. Um, But let's dig into what happened in week one of the NFL season. Um, You know, we opened up with the Philadelphia Eagles going against Atlanta. Sean, I know you are not happy with what's going on with this offense in Atlanta. So talk to me about that game.
2: Uh, Obviously, stud. Julio Jones, Dud, Matt Ryan, Steve Sarkeesian, Dan Quinn, and basically any type of simple basic arithmetic uh, to take Julio off the Jones, Julio off the field on the first four um, downs. I think in the what late first, early second, to take him off the field and then to basically run three tight ends. Uh, no, that
0: was the first drive. That was the first well, drive. They the got first, down. Yeah,
2: first drive. So
0: nothing changed. Uh, so yeah. that was awesome. Um, Listen, when you got to run double tight, when you when you can run double tight with Julio Jones on your bench, you got to do it, right? is a friggin' lush. I guy just, sucks.
2: I can't fundamentally understand why you can't have three wide receivers and take Devontae Freeman or Coleman and and literally they did it with Coleman like two quarters later and just run three running plays up the middle. Like it works in Madden. Every freaking time. It's a six to seven man box. If it's seven, then you can throw three fades to Julio. Trust me, he's going to pull down one of them.
1: Hey, they got a quarterback right. problem in Atlanta. That's what I'll tell you.
2: They, they, uh, I'll say this. There was a little Jake DeLome to Matt Ryan. Go. Oh. Go. Oh. Well, Jake DeLome almost beat your Pats and was fantastic and then fell off a damn cliff.
0: It's because of Shanahan. Shanahan, gone. Shanahan leaving and, and replacing with Sarkeesian. I mean, that offense turned so vanilla, and I don't get it. I don't understand how you have so much talent and get so bad there.
1: Think about what kind of throws you have to make to miss nine targets to Julio.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, I'll say one of them was on Julio, but he caught it, though, too. That that 58-yarder was a catch.
0: Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that, that's,
2: that hurt. That's a little bit of a job there. Uh, my takeaway with the Eagles is it's totally unfinished product. The fact they got the win says a lot. The the defense is what is super impressive. So that was my one takeaway with the Eagles. They're going to be a big-time defense to, in, from a fantasy purpose. And just overall, they're going to keep them in games until Wentz is back. And I think Wentz is probably not back, particularly if they win this week. They can hold him to week five or six because um, mm. there's no need to plan. him.
0: What, no thoughts on Jay scoring two touchdowns against you? None. He played 37% of the snaps.
2: None. That's just Farkey. strictly luck. Oh. Farkey,
0: thoughts on Philly?
1: Oh, Philly, I, I thought their defense, as Sean said I thought they looked good. I I don't particularly like Kevin Foles playing quarterback. I, I don't think he's all that good. I mean, he made a nice...
0: Kevin Foles? Is that Nick's brother?
1: Uh, no, I said having Foles.
0: Oh, sorry. Kevin Foles. <laughs> I Kevin.
1: No, so I... I He's kind of blah to me, but on Atlanta side, Sean, I believe you had him. You had Freeman, right? Um, all to your points. it would be nice to get him a little more involved in the offense.
0: <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. Um, let's move on to the next game on the schedule, and uh, you guys are Cleveland boys. You tell me, is it a win? 21-21 against your hated rival Pittsburgh Steelers. Sean, is that a win for you guys, or are, are you wanting more? Are you left wanting more?
2: I think every Browns fan is just unsatisfied. At the same token, we caused all of them turnovers. You kind of leave there. If, the, if we had blocked a field goal at the end, I think it'd feel like a win. The fact that they did it and we didn't block, literally, on on the, uh, the field goal attempt. We didn't try to maybe run a play for 5, 10 more yards. Like It's just a comedy of errors continues. What My takeaway... The Browns are so talented that they're going to actually end up like five and eleven, and they are ready and primed. If they get the right type of a coach, like a McVay, young, vibrant offensive mind, could explode next year or the year after.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that, uh, Farkey, What are your thoughts on the game?
1: Browns D was my uh, was my stud. Six takeaways. Been a while since that happened. Um, anybody, anybody that. Mentions Miles Garrett as totally on board with him, or he's going to be. The, they're already behind the eight ball, so their chance was before this last game. Everyone saw it that watched the game. Now, um, in, in no preseason, the real deal. Um, what he can do, what he is. Dig uh, Ben would, would have been my dud, man. I, I just really, really odd. His
2: roads. His, he's on. He's terrible on the road. I mean, the I know. The but, fact is, Ben Roethlisberger. You have to literally. Pair him up with someone and do home road splits. He's not. You can't play him on the road. Here's
1: another takeaway too. Tyrod, Tyrod is a perfect example of how ridiculous fantasy football is compared to real life. <laughs> 24, 25 yeah. points,
0: and, and yet absolutely terrible.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, I, I got nothing but you know hatred from you guys on the group text. Uh, obviously, I'm not watching the Browns up here in New England, but. Uh, When the games are on and and they struggle, it's like, oh, my God, we're going to blow this. I've seen the story play out a million times. Um, It did, unfortunately. And, you know, I would have loved to see the Steelers go down in week one, but that wasn't the case. But I think, you know, a player that we are glossing over here is is James Conner. Did not expect him to play as well as he did. What, three touchdowns? I think 33, 35 carries, over 100 yards rushing. Uh, that offense is a plug and play
1: offensive line, man.
0: Right. So right. So why are they playing? Why are they considering paying Le'Veon Bell fifteen million dollars? I, I understand well, not. he is a—he is. A, well, no, they gave him the franchise tag, so they want to pay him money. But we've seen D'Angelo Williams step into this offense and be a top five running back. Now we're seeing James Conner play well. I want to see him in week two, week three, uh, and continue this trend. But why are they even franchising Le'Veon Bell? I'm not just trying to trade him if they just continue to put solid running backs on the field with or without Le'Veon Bell there?
1: Well, I think I – think, I, I, go ahead go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll
2: say the trade makes a lot of sense, and the team that makes the most sense to me is the 49ers um, mm-hmm. because I think they're actually fundamentally worse without a running back in that system. But it's not something they're entertaining for the time being. And I don't know if the 49ers can actually sign him long-term until they get McKinnon off the books like we talked about probably at the end of the season. Uh, which mm-hmm. is going to be really unfortunate for McKinnon, but it is—you know—that's the type of league it is. So, well, they—they also—they pass the deadline. To, They're not at all interested in that, from what I understand.
0: They also pass a deadline to to sign a franchise player to a long-term deal. Well, that's Unless, that team. If you trade him like Khalil Mack, you can do that. I think. Okay, you might be right there. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, Cincinnati, well, pardon, Indianapolis.
1: What was point? Oh, my point was just that I—I think with any elite player in any league there's still going to be a business side to it a, a financial side to it and yeah they're going to pay him a lot more money but you know for the fan's sake for the franchise's sake for the name's sake I think that has a little bit to do with it but also you know you do bring up a good point really I, I think over a period of time um, maybe Le'Veon Bell can make a play here or there that can make a difference in a game that, that Connor might not make that seems you know that that's to be seen but short and steady with him, it, it's really pretty similar. I mean, there's, as far as size, I think, what is he, like 6'1", 230? They're similar in size. So um, maybe, you know, maybe you get that big play popped off every now and again that Connors would have, mm-hmm. but who knows.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, I want to glance over this game. We'll move on to the next one. Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Sean, you mentioned Andrew Luck is back. Uh, the Colts were not afraid to throw the ball. He threw 53 times, peppered a ton of targets. Um, yeah. I think, back. Big for, I think it's big for Jack Doyle, T.Y. Hilton,
2: obviously the major benefactors there. So uh, I think those three guys are worthy plays. I think the Bengals, Joe Mixon's workload and his success, A.J. Green's back. Eifert had a little bit of run, which I think is a positive sign. I think the Bengals are super talented. Uh, I think as we continue to look at them through the year, that that's going to be a roster and a team to watch. But, uh, yeah, not not a – you know, ton more to take away other than, you know, Dalton did some, you know, kind of Dalton things interception, you know, a couple decent touchdown drives. But,
0: uh, I think the best thing is Andrew luck seemed like he was Andrew luck again. Yeah. All right. Next game. We have Tennessee at Miami. Um, Farkey, I'm going to tee this one up for you. I put in our the trade target article today that I think Deion Lewis is the number one trade target in fantasy football right now. Reason being, he out-touched Derrick Henry. Um, I think he's just a better running back than Derrick Henry. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Henry is nothing more than what I'll say a plotter, short yardage back, goal line guy. Um, do you agree that Dion Lewis is the back to own in Tennessee and will become you know a twenty touch guy in the near future? Yeah, I
1: wasn't a believer before the season started. In fact, I, there were a few uh, drafts I was in that I was kind of leaning towards Henry, but then uh, you know kept hearing kind of the same things. It's going to be a running back by committee. Is he going to get enough touches? And then as that game went on, uh, you know I watched bits and pieces of it. And we all saw the highlights probably. Is, is Deon Lewis just made some plays where they? They were kind of forced to continue to give him the ball, and then with how dynamic he is out of the backfield, uh, that's just something they don't get out of Henry. So it, it didn't surprise me as the game went on. And yeah, moving forward, I, I, I would be surprised if uh, if Derrick Henry is, is any more involved than he was in this last game.
0: Yeah, as a Pats fan, I'm already missing Deion Lewis uh, with the Jeremy Hill injury. Re- you know, thoughts and prayers to Jeremy Hill and his torn ACL. Uh, but one, Pats and Kenya Barber today.
2: One catch there is. And before he got hurt, Delaney Walker got called for a holding—a horrible holding call. I think Henry would have had a 60-yard touchdown run. So there is some home run to him, but I think it's feast or famine. I agree with you guys, but that—that that is one caveat there. That it was—it was a suspect or bullshit of a, of a holding call as you could possibly imagine. If they don't call that and. The stat line is totally different, and the narrative is totally different.
1: You know, and one in one sure. other thing, real quick to keep in mind too is for, at least for me, watching parts of this game is yeah, to me this is kind of like the Marcus Mariota and I don't know. I know it's the first game of the season, but to to lose to a, a Miami run Blaine Gabbert team, I don't know, man. He was he wasn't very good. And it,
0: Ryan Ryan Tannehill,
1: or I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill. They've just been waiting and waiting and waiting for Marcus Mariota to pop yeah. off.
0: I will say this. It's
2: concerning. They haven't exactly just, you know, stocked the coverage with weapons either. And I think not having Rashard Matthews makes a difference. I know he's expected to come back in the coming weeks. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Tennessee's got a real problem on their hands. And it's an, it's an interesting next eight, eight to ten games for Mariota,
0: just as it is for, for James Winston when he gets off the suspension. I agree with that. Um, all right, let's skip a few games. Uh, you know, San Francisco beat Minnesota. I'm sorry, Minnesota beat San Francisco. Um, Minnesota's defense just suffocated the San Francisco offense. Garoppolo couldn't do much. Alfred Morris did nothing. Matt Breida was a non-factor. Uh, New England beat Houston. New England almost blew it. Muffed punt at the in the fourth quarter. Houston came down and scored. Uh, the Pats ended up winning by seven. Uh, like I said, they lost Jeremy Hill in that game. Uh, Chris Hogan struggled as well. And um, the Patriots, you know, Philip Dorsett was a bright spot there. He's one of my favorite waiver-wire targets. I, oh. I, I
2: actually I vote disagree. that we enact, anytime we talk Gronkowski, you have to say future Hall of Famer. Uh, Gronk. Oh, I, we don't name. have to say his full name, just future Hall of Famer, Gronk. Perfect. The Perfect. one takeaway I had from the 49ers was a lot of targets for George Kittle. Garoppolo missed him once. Five for 90 that could have easily been seven for 130 and a touchdown. So, something to watch there. That's a lot of volume to a tight end. Uh, and, I and you know, by comparison, I like him better than Rudolph. And they were probably drafted three
0: to four rounds apart, at mm-hmm. least. Right. Hey, Barky, talk to me about... Go ahead. Talk to me about the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game. Um, obviously, you're in, you're in Tampa, you're in the Tampa area. Nobody expected Tampa Bay to go into New Orleans and put up 48 against one of the best defenses from 2017 and get the win with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Is You mentioned on a few pods during draft season, during preseason, that Tampa Bay is kind of getting fed up with Jameis Winston. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the answer there, but are, are they talking Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic up in, in Tampa Bay right now?
1: They're, I think they're just on cloud nine because they never expected to put up 48 points in a game this entire season. But I'm, I'm sticking to what I said before before the season started. We did that preseason pod on uh, on Winston. He's he's going to come back and throw for 4,000 yards because I was jacked about what Deshaun Jackson was going to bring to the table before the season started. And yeah, sat him on my bench in two leagues uh, this past weekend. But, uh, but he's he still got the job done of uh, – I don't know what to think of this game because that New Orleans D was, shoot, I started them in in two out of four leagues, and I know they were probably ranked top ten going into that game. So it it was kind of a tough read there. Tampa Bay's defense still blows again this year, and they haven't done much about it in the offseason. But um, my biggest takeaway, at least if you want my opinion on Ryan Fitzpatrick, is it's not even going to be a quarterback competition when Winston comes back.
2: I'll say this: He's got he's got Philly coming up this weekend. Let's see what he does against a real defensive line with a fierce pass rush, and and a secondary
0: that really really gave Atlanta fits. It wouldn't shock me to see Fitz throw four four picks this week. So I think we're all uh, all on board saying do not start Ryan Fitzpatrick in no. fantasy football. Do not pick him up off waivers. Not a good idea. Um, Sean, we were down on Saquon Barkley heading into the season. We kept on hearing about how he's just this transcendent player, uh, one of the best running back prospects to come out of the college in the last 10 years. He broke off a 60-plus-yard touchdown, but what was your uh, takeaway from his, his his first game as a rookie in the NFL?
2: Uh, I, he's a home run hitter that's going to strike out a lot. Um, that said, I, I think the takeaway from here is Giants fans got to be increasingly concerned. Eli is kind of doo-doo. Um, Beckham, I think, is going to be a monster. You think he's a top four receiver this year, maybe top five, as expected. I thought he went way too late in some first rounds and even creeped into second somehow. Just an absolute beast of a performance from him. And Barkley, you know, did solid, but Eli better make a lot more throws than he left uh, out there open. I know he missed Ingram, missed Eli on a or uh, missed Beckham on a bomb, maybe the second quarter or so. So there's, there's some kind of problematic things there that uh, aren't going to naturally fix themselves. And the Giants' offensive line is one injury to a non-Eric Flowers player away from <laughs> having two absolute gaping holes. So yes. uh, I got the Giants under. I think some other folks got the Giants under. This was met with a fist pump, and I think they've got you know a tough matchup this coming week. Um, I, I'm a little mistaken on who they have. Uh, and naturally I'll pull it up right here. Um, or maybe I won't. But Giants uh, are playing
0: Dallas on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Dallas. that's
2: that's what it is. I, I like Dallas to rebound there, and the Giants could be going zero two, and things get very very icy for one Eli Manning.
0: Farky, talk to me about uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I had him in our league. He looked like he's about to have a monster game. Went down awkwardly on the the rain soaked grass missed the rest of the game, you know, midway through the second quarter, missed the rest of the game due to a hamstring pull. Uh, what are your thoughts on him moving forward? Are you deploying him in leagues, or do you think that uh, he, this is going to be a, an injury that's going to last?
1: I think he's too talented to to really worry too much because I think they're going to continue to try to force feed him. But uh, regardless, even when he comes back and plays, I, I still love T.J. Yeldon as a, as a pickup for the leagues that don't have him. I know you mentioned him in the article, did a nice job with that. Um, He's easily the most talented receiving back on the team, and um, they seem to be able to get themselves in, in good throwing down situations, you know, with their with their backs coming out of the backfield. So I like TJ Yeldon. At the same time, um, everyone knows the history with Fournette, so that's why I kind of stayed away from him in in some drafts. But uh, certainly before that injury went down, I see him playing this this coming week. I think unless you guys have seen something different, I just I really think they're going to try to play him out there. Um,
0: yeah, he's they're they're playing New England on uh, the 425 slot, so I think they're going to do everything they can to make sure he's ready to go uh, against the Pats and what's going to be a pretty important AFC, uh, one, AFC game and, and have seating. One
1: co- quick comment on Barkley. To me, the issue with him is that he's uh, he's on the wrong team. I mean, I watched a little bit of this game too, only because I picked the Giants for some ungodly reason in our group picks so on for the pod. but. Uh, <laughs> I also had Dante Moncrief in a flex start, so don't even question that. But uh, anyway, uh, I think he's in the wrong system because watching this game, he had, he had like 18 carries. I think he had nine carries for less than two yards. So he's a guy, to Sean's point, that's going to be one, minus one, two, one, minus one, two, 65. Okay.
2: That's who he was in college. Yeah, but the, if that that's worked he in was, was when he played Ohio State. Yeah, right. Like it's just kinda like the player that he is. That'll work Whenever in New you know, England. Oh, the line, the line. It's his running style too. That'll
1: work in New England. That that will work for what the Giants need.
0: I agree. Yeah. Right. I agree. Uh, okay, Buffalo, Baltimore. Not a lot to talk about here other than Buffalo is god awful. Sean, you have to see it firsthand with well, LaShawn McCoy. Our our correspondent Butler was texting me. He's a big Bills fan. Um not thrilled with how that offense is looking. Where do the Bills go from here, if anywhere? I Here's the worst thing, and you guys know my
2: feelings towards the guy. They've got to play Josh Allen because I don't know why the hell they traded A.J. McCarron. McCarron's right. not good, but he's not Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman is the worst statistical NFL quarterback ever. He was the first, he was the
1: first player benched this season in the NFL.
2: He's a loser. He's a loser in life. In football, <laughs> everything. He's terrible. Right. And so, he's now literally destroyed AJ Mc, uh, Leshawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin and even Charles Clay's value. You yeah. can't play anybody on Buffalo unless you are absolutely forced to with Leshawn McCoy.
0: I have Shady as one of my fades in the player fade article. Uh, you can't trust him. Like you said, you cannot trust him, and he's being drafted in the third or fourth round. Uh, you felt <laughs> sick to your stomach drafting him. And uh, we're, we see why um, Well the, the so. worst
2: is is the guy that I wanted
0: and the Monday Night Man got
2: ahead of me when he traded with Nick Vern was I wanted mixon. every play that I had was getting me Nixon mixon or a receiver of like Evans or AJ Green slipping and none of them slipped and I was faced with McCoy or Kelsey and didn't really like either of them and took McCoy and yeah.
1: I owe the Monday yeah. Night Man a comment on here too. When we did the when we did the post uh, draft pod, I was putting his team down as the one that I liked the least, and that was mostly because I I just hated mixing going into the season. He drafted him in both of the leagues that I'm in with him, and it's proven to be a pretty good pick. So, kudos. Uh, to him.
0: they they played they played uh, Indianapolis. Let's pump the brakes. Let's see him against a real. That's fine, player, but he so looked angry. he looked a lot better than other He's getting guys. Getting 84 so. percent yep. of the yeah. The, Right. Yeah, now. It was a very high volume pick. play. Yeah. yeah. Geo Gio Bernard had two touches, so he, they're you know they're making Mixon for sure a three down back. I mentioned that as part of the, the week one fantasy. I'll football say this: life. you need Geo
2: Bernard, and if you don't have him, and you have Mixon, you need to add Geo Bernard, and we're trade mm-hmm. for
0: him. Yeah. Um, all right, Kansas City, Los Angeles. This is the last game, or one of the last games I want to touch upon before we get into uh, week two. A lot of doubting Mahomes heading into the NFL season. is he ready to be an NFL quarterback? And I think he proved to us that that yeah he's the real deal. I mean granted two of his touchdowns were shovel passes which are super cheap points, but us Mahomes owners will take those all day every day. Um, is Mahomes a weekly starter now Sean. Yeah, he's a weekly starter. I, I actually think you've got
2: good play with him the next or all the way up to week 10. I'm concerned about this team because it's so speed oriented. And mm-hmm. as it gets later in the year, fatigue, bumps and bruises, and weather, I'd be concerned with the Chiefs and Chiefs in that regard. That said, you're going to have some fantastic uh, games, uh, you know, over the next four to five, six weeks, post-bye week with Andy Reid. Everybody knows six, his success there. <laughs> My other takeaway is Joey Bosa might be a defensive MVP with how important he is because the Chargers defense is atrocious without him in the
0: front seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, farkey Adrian Peterson signed two weeks ago. The guy looked like he was in his mid twenties again. How long can he hold that up? How long can he be on every week RB one?
1: Man, I hope not long because I do not have him on my <laughs> squad. <I'm, laughs> I got the I got the alternative of, of that team. So you know his his yards per carry, which I've I've been known to be big on, it, it wasn't great. I think it was under four. Um, that doesn't matter as much as the fact i think he showed some durability because they did feed him the ball what almost 30 times i think he, yeah 26 um i would say he can probably keep this up maybe through the next two or three weeks after that i just i don't see how he can hold up i mean physically he's a stud but um that offensive line plays well as i think as long as they're able to move the ball um, in the air, it's going to help free him up a little bit more too. Obviously, being two dimensional, but um, they've they've got a lot of pop with Chris Thompson, who I've I've waiting in the whim on a couple of my leagues to hopefully have Peterson fall to the wayside. I think he, I, you know he brings a more dynamic angle to the offense. They're, he's going to catch more balls out of the backfield. He still got touches last week, but shoot, not not from handoffs. So give him two or three weeks.
2: Here's yeah. what I'll say: I actually think. Adrian Peterson's health would benefit, and him staying healthy is going to benefit Chris Thompson. A, he can play a whole season. He's still getting volume, a ton of volume. The only reason he didn't get more catches because Arizona sucks uh, and is just absolutely atrocious can, uh, from an offensive point of view and defensively. You can just move the ball at will. I, I actually think the pairing is perfect. And you're going to have a week like Sunday, but I think you're going to have a lot more where throw two or three more catches Thompson's way, and he's going to get red zone second and third downs. Uh, inside the five or ten might be a little different for right. Peterson, but I, I I think you're good with both and of them. And that's where I'm being yeah. a little
1: selfish is that, yeah, he was targeted seven times. Thompson was, and it caught six passes so i mean there was definitely value there with what he scored last week but i I don't want him to turn into a kamara who's getting six seven eight nine carries a game i'd rather him you know not get hawked inside that five yard line which obviously it's gonna happen yeah
0: i think that's yeah i i'd agree yeah um what's our takeaway boys about the detroit lions and matthew stafford uh, you know he we, we talked about it in the open briefly about the receivers but Stafford looked lost against what was supposed to be a subpar Jets defense came out today that the Jets knew all the signals they knew all the plays i don't know how much i believe that but you know farky what's your take on Stafford moving forward is he is he a qb1 can you start him week to week i'm
1: all buy on on Stafford it, stafford is not the problem they they have not necessarily put guys around him to to warrant, first off, the money they pay him, which I'm not even going to get into that. You have to pay someone like Matt Stafford that money. This team's won one playoff game in the last 60 years. So they haven't necessarily built up a valuable roster around the, the, the what used to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. So I'm staying all-in on Matt Stafford. Okay.
2: So I think I Ziggy Onsa Ant, going down was huge. Uh, it allowed the Jets to do a lot of things. I think the, the Lions special teams, Patricia's, Horrible coaching, and um, i, I, I got to vehemently disagree. I think Jamal Adams is a top safety, if not the best safety in the league already. I love the Jets' defense. Stafford's big time, and he made some some elite throws. He missed a couple by fingertips, um, but he, he shows flashes. He just can't do it over 60 minutes with this roster that they've got, and they can't run the ball. They have yet to be able to consistently do that so they don't take any pressure off him. He takes hits. Their playmakers are fine at receiver, and Galladay really, really popped to me, but their defense can't stay off the field, and the one guy they absolutely have to have is Ziggy Anza. And once he went down yesterday, the floodgates opened up.
1: Well, you said you disagree, but you're saying Stafford isn't the problem, right?
2: No, I— but I'm saying they've surrounded him with talent. I, I, I would say Tate, uh, Marvin Jones, and Galladay, you can win with those three. They, like they, Those guys got open. He missed a couple throws. It's, pre, it's basically first game of the season, short preseason. I don't have a problem with that. I got a problem with the fact that their backfield's a disaster, and even if with Kieran Johnson, he's not ready, the, and they don't have a tight end. He needs that type of a safety valve. Yeah, and that's players the around line him. line is just a sift.
1: Yeah, that's around – those are players around
2: him. Yeah, but, I mean, the line isn't catching passes and touchdowns.
1: No, but, they, I mean, you have to have a serviceable backfield. If attack
2: <laughs> eligible, they could.
1: Yeah. And that defense gave yeah. up 48 points to a, a rookie starting quarterback.
2: Well, they gave up 34 because they were turned a punt, a kickoff, or whatever the hell. I, I To me, I, I, we watched them play the Browns. Patricia is that – that's got a one-year guy written all over it.
0: This could get ugly. Well, it's already gotten ugly. I mean, allegedly he's already lost the team by being a disciplinarian. So, I I hope not. I like Patricia. I think he's a solid coach. Uh, Might be one of the the least talented coaches out of the the Belichick coaching tree. But, um, you know, he seems like – I thought he would have been a player's coach, but uh, apparently not. I think they'll figure it out. I think the Lions offense will turn it around. Um, You know, I I have Stafford as a player this week against the 49ers. One of those teams has to get the the win. Both were disappointments. Uh, in week one. They were both supposed to be one of the upstart teams to make a play for a playoff spot but that didn't happen. Well, that hasn't happened yet obviously with a week one loss. Final team I want to talk about and only because Nick Verne just offered me uh, one of his standard Nick Verne trades in our Dynasty League uh, the Los Angeles Rams put it to the Oakland Raiders. It looked like the Raiders might come out and play well in the first half and then the second half uh, the floodgates opened and, and the Rams did what the Rams do in 133-13 but Verne just sent me one of his patented trades, Todd Gurley for Corey Coleman, the new Patriots uh, wide receiver. You Guys, think I should take that
1: trade? You saw me on Twitter today. You know my thoughts on Corey Coleman. Guys, a loser.
2: Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'll say this. I'm not sure Corey Coleman lasts two weeks with that team.
0: I don't disagree, Sean. I don't disagree. Um, I think that the player has talent. Farky, I Farky's point was he's got a bad attitude. He's lazy. He's a cancer. I I agree with that. I totally get that. And my thing with Corey Coleman is. Given the opportunity, he has athletic talent. If he can get his shit together, he'll find a home. Debate. I don't think it's going to happen. 10% chance that it happens. 10% chance that he's still on this team next week, let alone when Edelman's back after week four. Um, but that was an interesting signing. Uh, then the Pats also signed um, Benny Fowler, former Broncos wide receiver who's a nothing, and then Kenyon Barner, former uh, Carolina Panthers running back after Jeremy Hill went down that ACL. But um, All right, fellas, let's talk about week two of the NFL season. Thursday night, we have Baltimore, Cincinnati. Uh, again, two teams that it's uh, it's tough to get excited about. But is there any, Sean, you get any takeaways about this game at all? Uh, I'll give you a, maybe a stud and a dud. Stud, I
2: like uh, A.J. Green. Uh, dud, Joe Flacco.
0: Okay. Farky.
1: I'm going stud Alex Collins. Have a little flip flip from last week. And I am going dud Andy Dalton.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have uh, Alex Collins as one of my plays this week in the in the article. I think that uh, he definitely turns it around a little bit, so I agree with you on that one. I hate to take your, your spot or your pick there. Um, but another stud I'm going to go with. Uh, I like Michael Crabtree to continue to uh, be the number one wide receiver there in – in uh, Baltimore, three guys scored touchdowns last week, but this week I think it'll be Crabtree who really makes a name for himself. Uh, Carolina at Atlanta, so obviously Carolina lost Greg Olson to a broken foot. Sounds seems like he's starting to break down, unfortunately, which is a shame because uh, he was an Iron Man for so long. Uh, Farkey, who do you like in that game?
1: Oh, Carolina. I think Carolina's sneaky good. I, I, I had a conversation offline with someone about that going into the season. I think their defense is better than people think to give them credit for. Um, Carolina okay. for me.
0: Well, from a fantasy pers- pers- oh, sorry. perspective. sorry. I always have yeah. gambling
1: on the line, man. Um, <laughs> um, that's all we talk about on the college football pod. Fantasy perspective, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a big bounce back week from McCaffrey. Um, he didn't put up what I thought he was last week. Dud, I am going Matt Ryan times two, two weeks in a row.
2: So, Jalen Smith Uh, actually locked down Christian McCaffrey along with the Cowboys linebackers. Cowboys have a better defense than people realize. It's their offense that takes all the headlines. And when they kind of lay an egg like they did, they're going to get some of that. Now, I agree with Farkey. Some of that was the Panthers. D. Deion Jones went on the IR today. That's going to reap benefits for one Christian McCaffrey. Watch for a 7-plus catch explosion. So, I think that's a major stud. Uh, I also – I like – like a Sanu type against the Panthers. I like the second wide receiver, maybe even a little Ridley. You can't play Ridley yet, but I like Sanu against the Panthers is maybe a wide receiver, three flex worth, worth a look. Obviously Julio's the stud, um, but watch Sanu. this game might
0: get up and down a little bit. So um, just something to watch. Um, so I'm looking at Cam Newton versus Pat, uh, versus Pat Mahomes as my starting quarterback in the league. Uh, as good as Mahomes was, I think I might actually go Cam just because they also – the Falcons also lost Keanu Neal to that. I, I, uh, you, I think you absolutely have to go Cam in a dome. No-brainer.
2: I think the weather's going to play in this this week. Mahomes outside at Pittsburgh, who knows if it's a little rainy, wet, sloppy, cuts down on Kansas City speed. I think that's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. Um, and Duds um, – Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go. I hate and I, I hate to do this, Sean, but you know, Devonta Freeman. Uh, I just I do not trust Sark. He is just really frustrating the hell out of me. Uh, the, the Panthers shut down Zeke for the better part of Week One. Uh, I just think Freeman is gonna get bottled up this week and and see. And, and he had that knee injury as well that knocked him out of Week One too. So uh, not ideal. Um, All right, we got Los Angeles at Buffalo. I don't think there's any studs on Buffalo. I think, fellas, we can just say everybody's a dud on Buffalo. But, Sean, who do you like coming out of uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers? Oh, I think
2: obviously Gordon Rivers. Uh, The play, though, is is they probably are getting dropped before people look at who they're playing week two. I think the Chargers' D is in prime for for a bounce back. If the Bills start Nathan Peterman... I'm not sure that the Chargers don't go from what the worst defense in the league other than maybe New Orleans and Tampa last week to a top five streaming
0: option. Well, and the Chargers, remember, they're the ones who had the five picks in the first half against Peterman last year, so it could be a repeat of that as they play in Buffalo. And I
2: doubt Bosa plays. That's the one, no
0: one caveat yep. with it. Yeah, uh, Farkey, I like Mike Williams. He's one of my play this, plays this week. He uh, shined last week, five catches, 81 yards. Who do you like going for the Chargers? I actually
1: like Williams as well. I think uh, in terms of uh, people taking catches away, I don't think Eckler gets as many catches this week, or at least yardage out of his catches. Um, I know everyone's high on him, wants to pick him up. Uh, but as a flex play, maybe that's that's where he's at at best. So I'm with you in, ter- in terms of wideouts, Eckler, and then I'm sticking with the, with the reliable I mean, Phillip Rivers is going to sling that thing all over the place, and I'm hoping <laughs> it's going to go to Melvin Gordon on the backfield.
0: We got a fun game at Lambeau, Minnesota at Green Bay. Uh, The Packers are still noncommittal about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I'm fairly confident that he will, considering he came back and willed the Packers to a uh, victory on Sunday Night Football. Uh, But, Sean, who do you like in this game on on both sides of the ball? I wouldn't play
2: for Aaron Rodgers. Hot take. I don't care if it's a division game. I think the swelling probably kicks in. It's obvious he took some stuff. He had that thing in a sling brace, um, some contraption, uh, specifically at very limited movement. I just wouldn't play him. Um, I'd take the L. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be a monster in this game, just similar to what Jordan Howard did and gashed him. I think he'll get more touches. So I think he's the play. And I think this is a 23-3, a to 23-6 game written all over it, it's particularly if Rodgers doesn't play. Rodgers well, plays and Rogers... it's probably closer,
0: but I just, I don't think it's a smart play to play him. If Rodgers doesn't play, it's, it's probably 40 to 3. Do you see how bad Brett Humley was? And he's going against arguably a better defense in Minnesota uh, this upcoming week. But um, I like, I, listen, I plan the flag, Adam Thielen. Uh, I mentioned in the Sunday night uh, recap that. Thielen versus Diggs. Thielen came out week one. I think he's going to come out as the leader again uh, for the Vikings. Uh, Farkey, who, where are you on that side of the equation? Are you on Team Thielen? I know you got Thielen in dynasty, but you know, take that out of the, take that out of your mind. Who do you like more, Thielen or Diggs for the rest of the season?
1: Diggs. Diggs was my pop back guy of the week this week in the NFL. Um, I know he scored a touchdown, but man, I, he was a dud for me, especially having him in two weeks uh, all day. Diggs, and then also I agree with Sean. I think this is a huge backdrop bounce-back game for Dalvin Cook. I think Aaron Rodgers plays, and I think it's definitely one of the best games of the week to watch.
0: Definitely looking forward to that game. Um, Houston at Tennessee. We mentioned Tennessee. That offense is kind of in flux. We don't know what's going on with Marcus Mariota. Left the week one game with a elbow injury. I'm assuming he's going to play, but I'm not sure. Uh, Dion Lewis has stepped up as the de facto right. Rod- running back one. And also, without Delaney Walker there, um, I really like Corey Davis to step up and be a really solid uh, wide receiver one. He's my play for this week. I think he's going to have his first career 100-yard game. Um, Sean, Corey, we kind Corey of, Davis we, got we, 13
1: targets last week.
0: Right. Oh, he gets a ton of, a ton of targets. I mean, he's the, he's the number one option there now uh, with Delaney just obviously out, but before that he's looking slow. But, um, Sean, we we talked about Jonu Smith offline last year. Um I think you guys got him in Dynasty. He's a third-round pick. A lot of people didn't know who he was in the redraft world, but if you play Dynasty, uh, you know who he is. He's a super athletic player. Do you think he can come in and be a a solid starting option at tight end for uh, for the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, and I would actually go as far as to say I I think sometimes what can happen, particularly with, and it hasn't happened in Dallas yet, although I, I predicted it, you get rid of these guys that are a little bit, the safety net, but they're almost kind of dragging the offense down. I think they can be a little quicker. Uh, I, I, I think John Smith steps right in. Can, they don't skip a beat uh, with regards to Walker. Walker's a better route runner, but he's not as athletic as Smith is now. So I, I like Smith a lot. Um, he's probably in the, the, the 10 to 12 range as far as tight ends, uh, but, but a good play at that. Uh, and honestly, I think this game is which line holds up better and Houston's, for all accounts, was awful against New England, and they're one of the five worst lines in, in the NFL. If they can't protect in this one, but then again, if, if Tennessee goes to 0-2, um, Taylor Lewan doesn't play, th- this, this has got some big, big early season factor for, for both of these two teams that thought they, they could win the, the AFC South,
0: so this or at least compete with Jacksonville. So this is going to be very, very interesting this early in the season. And, Sean, to, to your point about the, uh, the Houston offensive line, they also lost one of their starters for the season. Um, I forget what the injury was. I forget the name of the guy. But uh, that, that line continues to get worse because they're, they're now playing a backup for the rest of the year. So uh, great point about Houston, and they got to keep uh, you know, Deshaun Watson upright. Um, and as long as they do that, I think they should be successful, but that, that, that is a big if. Uh, Farky, heading into um, Cleveland at New Orleans game, <laughs> where are you at on this one?
1: I'd be lying if I said I wasn't gonna bet the Browns to win the game. Um, God, they're gonna they're gonna give up points. I mean, Miles Garrett—he'll put pressure on on Drew Brees, no doubt. But they're gonna give up points. Um, I think, in terms of fantasy starts, sneaky Josh Gordon start. Maybe at a flex position. I don't think it's sneaky at all.
2: No, I, I think it's a straight up wide receiver one. I honestly. I think both teams have tons of starters in this one. The Browns, to win the game, are going to have to slow it the hell down. And even then, I think they're still going to be able to get up and down. Greg Williams is a perfect defense for Drew Brees. He's going to literally carve, carve him up. Um, I think Tyrod's going to play better in this, in the in the dome, kind of controlled conditions. I think Landry, Gordon... Hell, Callaway might be a play in this one in super deep leagues. Najoku's definitely a play. Hyde's a play. Duke Johnson. I, I think it's just play anybody and, other, and anybody in this game that you've got on your roster unless you've got you know superstars in front of them. I think it's got 35-31 written all over it. I like the Browns with points. I like the Saints to win.
0: So Alvin Kamara scored 30-plus fantasy points last week. uh Farkey, chances that he does it again.
1: No, because I think Michael Thomas is going to have about 300 yards receiving.
0: <laughs> I don't know, Denzel's, right.
2: I'll say this, Denzel's pretty good. He's, I mean, he, he's
1: good. Michael Thomas is enormous, and he, Drew Brees will just target the shit out of him. So what do you have, 11 catches or 16 catches on like 19 targets last week? He'll, he'll just yeah. keep feeding, 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 feeding.
0: Browns mm-hmm. gave
2: up eighty-four plays. I know it was overtime and everything. They're just on the field too damn much. Some of that was the weather. Hopefully, a lot of it was because they've yeah. got to find a way to keep breezing them under sixty plays.
1: And you're talking about a team that let oh. Antonio Brown score a touchdown. I mean, that and that's not yeah. that, that's that, not that, Denzel Ward. That
2: touchdown was 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 second goal from the twenty-one, and the, and Greg Williams put press coverage. That's my and point. Hung D- Denzel Ward out to drive exactly. with the safety over the top that couldn't physically get there. Because he had to deal with
0: seam routes up the middle. My point is, we, just Denzel Ward's off,
1: but we, we deal with coaching for 60 minutes every
0: game. All right, fellas, you, you guys can do this on the State of the Browns podcast, which hopefully is, is coming out here this week. Um, let's let's uh, keep it fantasy-related rushing here. us. Before, well, I don't want to turn this into a two-hour pod. It was all those about. fantasy Greg Williams takes and embedded Ward. in there. It was fantasy <laughs> takes galore. Oh, Denzel Ward! Yeah, for everybody's playing in the IDP league. Well, right.
1: if he, if you yeah. got a, a wide receiver one going against the Browns, you better not play him against the Browns. <laughs> That's
0: right. Bench right. Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first from Sean Z, baby. Um, all right, New York at Miami. The Jets are playing uh, um, at home. This will be Sam Darnold's debut in New York. Uh, any way that uh, Sean, you think he is able to uh, replicate what his his week one success looked like?
2: I mean, what the fact that the safety over the top blue covers didn't get over and he hit Robbie Anderson for a touchdown, or that he you know gifted one the first play of the game. I think the Sam Darnold hype. I actually hope it goes on for another week because I know it's ending the following Thursday in, up in Cleveland. I know that for a fact. Um, that's a fact. Take it to the bank. That's a cold hard fact. Uh, <laughs> this game I could literally care less about. Um, I agree. There's barely anybody worth playing in this. Other than Quincy Anunwa, who yeah. is a wide receiver three, automatic start, uh, flex player, uh, just because he's getting six to seven catches every game as long as he stays healthy.
0: I'd say in PBR leagues, he might be a wide receiver, too. Again, He, one he might be. I really I, like, he
2: is yeah. the Jets one, not Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is another sink or swim player. He's, yep. He yep. swam last night because he got one catch for 41 yards, or I think that was the touchdown, 41 yards. Other than that, poo-poo.
1: Mark, you
0: got anything else to say about uh, this game? I I don't
1: want to talk about Sam Darnold because I can't stand the guy, but I'll tell you what will help open up things for him is the combined 22 for like 165 yards of Powell and uh, Isaiah Crowell. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all smoke and mirrors. Like Sean said, wait till week three.
2: The other play in this, Kenny Stills, stud. Kenny Stills is a stud, and he's got tons of volume. Him and are the plays for Dolphins.
1: Yeah, move on. Game
0: sucks. So Kansas Kansas City at Pittsburgh, ton of fantasy points to be scored here. Um, Sean James Conner, can he can he do what he did again? Is he a hundred Absolutely. plus? Absolutely. Chiefs defense
2: week? sucks. Steelers play all of them. Watch the weather, but you're playing all of them regardless. Uh, Juju Antonio Brown, I think. Roethlisberger with the big bounce back. This has just you know him four touchdowns written all over it. Three hundred plus yards. Conner, I think, has a monster game. Um, and it'll actually get interesting if Connor has a monster game here. What's Bell doing and what's his plan?
0: Uh, Farkey, you know, Kansas City has Tyreek Hill. He was really the only skill player that broke out, had three touchdowns, one being a punt return, uh, two being long receptions from – or was it that was a shovel pass as well as a long reception from Patrick Mahomes. You know, we talk about boomer bust players and I'm waiting for the other foot to drop on Tyree Kill. Is he just going to continue to be a – every game have a 50-yard catch where he gets in the end zone? I mean, what what's going on with this guy? Well, he's
1: starting – he's got consistency now under his, under his wing with what seven catches last week, but I, I agree with you. He's But that's a product of uh, his athleticism. So I, I think he's yeah. a guy that you continue to play, you continue to start. I, they don't have a lot of guys like him. Unless Kareem Hunt makes, makes some big plays coming out of the backfield, he is the guy. and It doesn't look like Sammy Watkins is going to step up and – earn any type of paycheck either so um, i'm not counting on sammy Watkins. i, I would run tyree kill into the ground as a starter if i had him in my fantasy league
2: now i'm yes. not saying they're the same position but andy Reid uses tyree kill how he used brian westbrook out of the backfield getting him the ball in space routes lining him up in the slot at times i think he's the modern day brian westbrook from a gadget perspective um and I think Andy Reid just utilizes them just perfectly.
0: Which is surprising because I feel like Cream Hunt would be a better mold for that. And, you know, they went away from Cream Hunt in the pass game last week. And, you know, 49 rushing, on, forty-nine yards on 16 rushes, had zero, zero receptions, which was a huge disappointment for those who drafted Cream in the first round. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes, you know, Andy Reid goes away from some of his stars. So I wouldn't be too discouraged by Hunt only putting up less than five fantasy points last week. I think he's he's due for a bounce-back game. You know, Sean mentioned there's a lot of fantasy points to be scored in Kansas City at Pittsburgh. So I would deploy Kareem Hunt, any starter you got on Kansas City – Travis Kelsey again a huge disappointment yeah. one catch for six yards I believe on six targets I think he bounces back as well uh, I just think what happens is sometimes Reed oh. knows okay it's going to work to Cream Hunt let's keep on going to this guy even DeAnthony Thomas had a, uh, a shovel pass for a touchdown because again another gadget player and I think what happens is is Reed's able to see what's going to work and what won't work and he saw that hey we got to run these gadget plays, and, and it obviously worked hey, out know, for him in, in week one. You know what
1: you can uh, chalk Tyreek Hill up as another one under the category for the Monday Night Man, a 5'10", 185-pound wide receivers to get it done in the NFL. <laughs> um, all
0: right, next game, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Uh, gentlemen, I, I'm tempted to start Peyton Barber as my RB2 in our league Uh I also have Jay Jai on the Eagles as well. As Sean mentioned, only on the field for 38% of the snaps. I think that was more of a product of game flow, but I do get the concern with Darren Sproles and Corey Clement being there. Um, but, you know, is Peyton Barber a play for the rest of the season as an RB2, or at least until Ronald Jones can get on the field there, Farke?
1: I think so, at least until he gets on the field. Uh, once you start seeing his, his carries increase, which I think will be, um, you know, week by week, I don't think it's going to be all of a sudden a 15-carry week. Um, once you see that start to happen, then I think there's cause for concern. But until then, I would keep, mm-hmm. keep giving it to Barber, especially with the way that, that they moved the ball downfield in the air last week.
2: If Peyton Barber was a five year guy, it would be one thing. Peyton Barber is a third-year guy. He's better than Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has to show anything and something before he gets any uh, you know, projection or, uh, or hope. I, I think he's a solid flex And in some, I think his bi-week start, he's the perfect, uh, you know, RB2 to have uh, to be able to slot in there and and replace because he's giving you the volume you need. And I think he probably would have gotten more if the game plan wouldn't have just, you know, just been gapingly wide open. Uh, to mm-hmm. throw it up to Deshaun and Mike Evans and, and even Godwin for, for the Bucs. One
1: yeah. one thing to think about, though, Sean, keep an eye on, that I've, that I've heard coming from that camp over there down here, is that he, he got, uh, Jones that is, got like 75% of the ones carries in, in the preseason in practice. And it, that's just strange. It just goes to show you how goofy everything leading up to the actual, you know, start of the season is.
0: Well, I think they wanted – they spent a second-round pick on him. They wanted him to succeed. They wanted to put him in, a, in a, an opportunity to, to be successful, and it just didn't pan out. Well, look, that, that's I, what I, that tells no, me. That, yeah, it's I, like I, we gave him every opportunity, and damn if he didn't piss down his leg. But what my, my
1: point you know, is, though, that's this was leading up the week into the first game, and then he doesn't even get on the field. So it's like why even waste that
0: time? Right. He was a game-day inactive. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, all right, Indianapolis at Washington. I think we touched upon both teams. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson has an opportunity to really have a big game against the Colts defense that is, you know, less than mediocre. Um, you fellas got anything to talk about with this game?
2: <laughs> Not necessarily. Barky, you got some.
1: No, not really. I'd like to see, uh, like I mentioned, I'd like to see Thompson get a little more involved, you know, in terms of carries. But uh, as as long as uh, Peterson's able and willing to carry the load, I don't think it's going to change. I mean, yeah, to I
2: mean, See what the weather is. Honestly, it's another another spot yep. there where you got to watch that field can get super soggy. Um, so you could see some real low output numbers. I had Crowder versus Josh Gordon. I obviously, took Josh Gordon because of what I think, but also. Um, even if I didn't like what Gordon was, it was more of an indoor versus outdoor play. And uh, I think it's probably good conditions for, for Peterson. It's probably good conditions for Alex Smith. He's just that type of a quarterback. He's going to be able to play in this, log through it. Uh, I could easily see kind of, you know, two-touchdown type performance for him and get you solid output, all things considered. One,
1: one other quick thing is I, I was a little disappointed in Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins. I, I thought he had an opportunity last week to really separate himself from Marlon Mack for when he returns, it, it, like he did in the preseason leading up, and I don't think he did enough. I think um, that gap's starting to, to close now and that when Marlon Mack returns, I think it's going to be a committee until they make a decision.
0: Or until they trade for Le'Veon Bell, but we'll see if that happens. Um, all right, Indiana or Arizona at Los Angeles Rams. Again, I'm petrified of anybody in the Arizona offense right now against the Rams. Uh, Sam Bradford looked terrible in week one. The Rams have a shutdown lockdown D. Uh, they'll get after the quarterback. David Johnson will get his. I mean, I think he'll still flirt with 100 yards from scrimmage and get a few catches and hopefully find the end zone. But Larry Fitzgerald I don't like. You know, Christian Kirk. Chad Williams, all those guys I'm, I'm fading. I, I got two
2: plays here, and the reason being is the Rams, if they've got one weakness, it's defensive on line, the linebackers. I mm-hmm. think that was highlighted by Jared Cook and Jalen Rashard. I think this is seven, eight catches from David Johnson. I think that's they'll look at that, get him in space against those linebackers and just dink and dunk the hell. And I also think Seals Jones is a big-time play this week yeah. too. Uh, he, he's kind of a tight end 15-plus. But he can be a nice plug-and-play if you've lost Delaney Walker, if you lost Greg Olson. Those two guys are premium fantasy plays this week, and then every single player on the Rams skill-wise is a premium play as well. The three receivers, Goff and Gurley, those are all. Those five, play them, and it's going to be the Saints-Browns game.
0: Okay. Farkey, got any other thoughts on that? No, I
1: don't disagree with any of that other than I, I really like Cup this week.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Detroit at San Francisco. 49ers looking to bounce back. So is Detroit. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo really struggled against the Vikings, who just bottled him up. Uh, Farky you're a good one owner. If he plays, do you like him to have a bounce back game against the Tigers, the, the Lions?
1: Not really, no. I think I think he's going to tough it out because um, all the hype leading up to the season, there was a lot of anticipation for him to play. But that is, that's a goofy injury. It really is. For anybody that's had a, a bruise like that, I mean, it can nag. Um, but Detroit again, um, like we hit on last week's recaps, they're you know they're not going to be somebody that necessarily is going to just shut down the pass. So if he plays, no, um, I don't feel good about the fact that I have him as my as one of my starting wide receivers in two weeks. Um, I'm looking to try to get a hold of Brita. Uh, uh, that's yeah, yeah, Brita. That's one for me. I've got Alfred Morris. Um, really was shocked by that, especially just with stuff we, we learned leading up to the game last week. So I'm high on him. I think Alfred Mortar slowly phases out. Uh, do not feel good about uh, Goodwin until he's completely healed, which I don't think will this be this week. Uh, and that's all I got on uh, this game personally.
2: I, I love Rita. I, I like a sneaky play. Trent Taylor, he's probably not even rostered, but if you had a couple injuries and you're waiver wire hunting – um, albeit early for that, but but Trent Taylor's a play. George Kittle, I've already alluded to the Lions. I still kind of like their three wide receivers. I would actually watch Matt Stafford's health this week. He he kind of gutted that game out. It might be something to really monitor him. He might get the questionable tag uh, leading up to the game, and uh, you you better have a backup quarterback at least teed up because um, if the conditions are a little rough, you might not
0: be he might not be worthy of a start. Yeah, he took a big hit uh, in, the, in that game and, and gutted it out. Um, next game we want to talk about Oakland at Denver. We didn't talk about Denver in Week One uh, just because we want to get into the Week Two preview. But Denver's offense looked great last week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders picked it up. Demarius Thomas scored a touchdown. Case Keenum threw three picks, but he looked somewhat competent. Um, and the biggest the biggest surprise was Philip Lindsey, the the rookie running back out of Colorado, splitting reps with Royce Freeman, who was highly touted coming to the draft season. So, uh, Sean. You know, do you like this Denver offense to continue to be uh, not only competent but also somewhat successful? And is, is Philip Lindsey a legit running back to pick up in, in fantasy, fantasy leagues? I'd need to see
2: a little bit more on Lindsay. I will say there's anybody and everybody should be intrigued. I think the Broncos, again, another team, four or five players. You, you want to stream them all this week. I think the Raiders... This has dumpster fire written all over it. This has 30 plus. They can't get after the quarterback. They can't cover defensively. Uh, on offensively, Gruden tries deliberately to slow it down. I don't think he can. I think the mile high is going to wreak havoc on him. I love the Broncos. I like Lindsey. I like Royce Freeman. Maybe more specifically this week. Um, everybody thought Booker was the guy, but I think you know Booker's probably. You're kind of just hanging out there. You might, you might want to just keep him stashed out there on your roster just because Freeman, I know, can get injured. And, you know, with Lindsey's build, I would suspect he might be, you know, open to getting dinged up a little bit. But uh, the Broncos' receivers, they're big-time. Sanders is criminally undrafted or uh, under drafted, And uh, Demarius, depending where he went, seemed to have some fluctuation between the third, fourth, or fifth. Um, and I think those in the third are going to be kind of – you know,
0: happy with the continued production because Keenum definitely slings it. Farkey, did you see today that Martavis Bryant is coming back? He's coming home to the Oakland Raiders, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is hilarious. Well, look. Signed to a one-year deal. I, I think the reason behind it, they ha- he hasn't been suspended yet, but there's going to be no guaranteed money now that he is being drafted after uh, or being picked up after week one. Uh, you know, we saw Amari Cooper really struggle. He had one catch. Jordy Nelson got got shut down by the Rams as well. Again, Rams defense is a really good defense, so I would take that with a grain of salt. But is Martavis Bryant going to step in and be a difference maker for the Raiders this year if he's not suspended?
1: That is funny, though, because you know what's, what is true is that he's immediately their most athletic player on offense. Uh, right. <laughs> I guess, I guess if, if you're hurting at wide receiver, you could take a chance on him. I would keep him on my bench and, to, you know, you know, see what happens. But Jordy Nelson, I mean, that guy didn't show me anything. He had three catches. Um, they obviously like Cook. They're going to target him. He's athletic as hell. And Amari Cooper, to your point, no. Um, probably overdrafted, at least at this point. Um, you don't have a back coming out of the backfield in Oakland, you know, like you do in most other cases. It's going to catch a lot of passes. Um you know,
0: uh, Jalen Richard had nine, nine catches last last night.
1: Oh, Richard. Richard okay, I got you. Never mind. Um, I was thinking more of Marshawn Lynch. So that points that points mute. But um, you're not going to have a big workhorse um, running out of the backfield like you know you do maybe in, in other offenses. A lot of carries individually. Like Marshawn Lynch had 11. Um, they're not going to do that. They're going to try to probably dink and dump more. I, I would play Martavius Bryant maybe two or three weeks after he got on the field, but I'm not buying into it immediately. No.
0: Okay. Uh, Sean, any other thoughts on on Oakland? Sad Oakland uh, D. Or, I think the uh, Mar-
2: Martavius signals they're moving Amari into the slot. I think he played a lot in there and it still struggled. But uh, Amari Cooper has to play in the slot. He he can't play outside. The production's just utterly atrocious when you look at the st- the stats. Uh, he, I think I saw something where like the last. 30 games or maybe the last 24 25 games he's been inside of like 39 yards like 12 times. He doesn't I mean, have any speed. That's a wide receiver one. That's atrocious.
0: Right. Any other thoughts, Farky? You want to move on? No, I was
1: just I was just saying to Sean's point, he doesn't have any speed. He doesn't separate, he doesn't break away. You watch him in at Bama. he was catching, you know, seven, eight yard passes and then running for 50, 60 yards. Mhm.
0: All right, uh, the game I'll be watching on Sunday, New England at Jacksonville. Uh, Chris Hogan really struggled in week one. Hall of Famer Gronk, or, or future Hall of Famer Gronk, was did Gronk things and, and led, the, uh, led the Patriots offense. You know, we talked a lot about the, the Patriots running backs uh, just because it's always a, um, a hot topic here at the NeverEnding Glory podcast. And James White did what James White does. Caught a few balls, scored a touchdown, and, um, you know, solid RB2, RB3. And then Rex Burkhead handled the, the load. Uh, and unfortunately, I mentioned a few times, Jeremy Hill out for the season with the torn ACL who looked solid before he got hurt there. But, um, Sean, are you going against the Jacksonville defense? Would you consider benching Tom Brady here?
2: I mean, it it depends on who your options are. Um, If you got Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you would. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, some people have that. Um, I don't know. If you had Alex Smith, I think you would. Uh, It's really – you know, if you had Case Keenum, I think you would. But – and I'm not in love with this. I just – I kind of see a 16-13 type game. I think a
0: Gronk's a play. Yeah. I mean, who how else? How about Philip Dorsett? Philip Dorsett stepped up, six catches, 77 yards, I believe it was. But you a you know how Belichick can be. Hogan could be a better play than Dorsett this coming week. Right. Yeah. I agreed. So uh, I don't know Farkey. if you can bench him, but if you have another option, I think you strongly consider it. Farkey, where are you at on the Jacksonville side of things? And anybody that you would consider playing uh, other than Leonard Fournette if healthy?
1: Cole. Definitely play Cole. Uh, I had I had to take on uh, New England, which is because I have Burkhead in two leagues. I'm sitting him. I'm not playing him in this game. Um, if I have a, if I have a running back that's going to have 18 carries, he better be over four yards a carry or at least get in the end zone. And so that he was one of my biggest disappointments this past week. And then, uh, you know, he he was grossly under targeted. I'm not saying it wasn't. You know, it didn't work out well for New England, but man, I expect more out of him. So he'll be on my bench this week. Uh, I will not start Dante Moncrief in any league. Uh, <laughs> pro, pro, I, I may consider playing uh, Yeldon over, uh, over Burkhead this week.
0: So if, if Fournette's playing, though, obviously you're not going to start Yeldon. who would you be considering playing over Rex Burkhead?
1: Alfred Morris or Chris Thompson.
0: Okay. Well, I think that's fair. I know. Rex, it was disappointing. I thought he'd get a few more balls. Uh, it, it was a weird game for the Patriots as it always is, it seems like, but, um, but no, I, I agree with that. I, I'm starting Deion Lewis over Rex this week um, and I, I think it's a better play and uh, we'll, we'll see how it ends up for us but uh, I think this could be a game in Jacksonville. I'm not sure what the line looks like, but I would not be shocked if Jacksonville walks out with a win here. I mean, the Patriots look great against Houston, but Jacksonville at home, that defense is just still really really good. Um, it's going to be a a tough, uh, old-school smash-mouth game, and I don't think there's gonna be a ton of fantasy points. So I'll probably start Tom Brady. I got to choose between him and Jared Goff in one league, and him and Deshaun Watson in another league. It's tough for me to bench Brady. I'm hoping to do that. This- I'm hoping to make the right decision this week. But we'll see. And that I'll be out. like
2: you, Grilly. I'm just praying Bron- Gronk the leave- Hall of Famer Gronk. Call- yeah, leaves the uh, leaves the game healthy. When
1: you When yes. you got three guys <laughs> that are that close, probably with what the let's call projections are at. I mean, how do you not How do you not start Brady?
0: Yeah. No, it it, it is tough to sit Tom Brady. I mean, I I sat him last year in the playoffs. Fortunately, that actually worked out for me. They usually tail off at the end of the season, not at the beginning of the season. But I just think Jacksonville is just really, really good. And Hogan struggled so much that you have to rely on future Hall of Famer Gronk to really carry your team or carry your quarterback sometimes, which... It happens, and, and and you know the the jack the Jags don't have a great safety play. The linebackers aren't great in coverage. Obviously, it's Jalen Ramsey in the pass rush that really gets that really gets that defense, uh, um, you know, up to that elite level. But uh, you know Gronk will get his. So it'll, I'll be torn on Sunday. We'll see how it goes. Probably you know go with my my heart, not my brain, and, and go with Tom. But we'll we'll see how it plays out uh, at probably about 4:20. Just keep that Steelers uh, playoff uh,
1: game in mind, and then it'll help you. Just oh yeah
0: yeah, you're right. Uh, Sunday night, we have New York at Dallas. The Giants are, ho- are heading into Big D, uh, Jerry World, playing the Cowboys. You know, Sean, we, we talked a little bit about uh, our thoughts on Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning, um, as well as uh, Odell Beckham, but you also mentioned you thought Dallas is a bounce-back game this week. So so what do you see happening, and, and what do you see the, the fancy points going to?
2: I-, I see a monster game from Zeke. I think Dak bounces back as well. Um I think Dallas's defense is primed. Beckham makes some plays, so he's a start. Barkley's a start. Ingram's a start. Maybe even Shepard. Eli, you know, how's he going to play? He's had a lot of success in that building historically, but uh, this is, I think, a, a nice spot for Dallas after a real tough loss against Carolina. But, you know, again, that, Carolina is supremely underrated. Um, you know, people had them outside the top seven even uh, in the NFC and, and – I think they, they certainly uh, probably don't necessarily warrant that. The NFC is just you know a minefield this year, so I think it's tough to even call that. But that's that's a quality loss. They hung in well. I think defensively they were really stout and strong. I think that continues. And uh, I, I just I I love Zeke. I think he's he's right there this week with with the top running back. Farky, where are you at on this game? Beasley,
1: I, I think he could play Beasley as an RB one in this game. I think he scores, and I think he an has ten catches. RB one, uh, Wide receiver one, Beasley
0: can play wide, running back now? wide receiver, wide receiver yeah, one. You're just oh, talking about Zeke.
1: Okay. Shut up, wide receiver one. Hey, I'm <laughs> the one that reminded you about those Cowboys cowboy wide receivers on the on the pod that you did before the season started. Remember right. the backhanded comment? Okay, so
2: yeah, how'd that work the week one?
1: Well, Beasley had seven catches for seventy three yards. I'm saying, I'm saying this week against this god awful Giants team that you bet the under on for the season, that you can start him as a as a wide receiver one. I think he scores.
0: I think wide receiver one is is strong. Uh, I like him. He's obviously the the clear cut go to guy. I think he's in a starter. I, I would agree yes. with that. Yeah, yeah. Wide receiver one's tough, but I, I like him. He's one of my top waiver wire, waiver wire ads as well, uh, and I think he's a good play this week against the Giants, who you know. Their defense is still solid in the back end with Landon Collins and uh, Janoris Jenkins, but it's still, they're going to get behind. Uh, I, I do think that Dallas will will score on them, uh, and I, I like Cole to be the, the number one uh, receiver for the, the Cowboys this week. Last game, Monday Night Football. Should be an interesting one to watch. Seattle at Chicago. Seattle lost Doug Baldwin for a few games with a grade 2 MCL tear, and of course we saw... Once Khalil Mack got into the game for the Bears, he was a difference maker. Just stole the ball from Brett Hundley in, a, in such a punk bitch move. It was awesome. He just punked him hard. Uh, you know, Bre- we expect- Brett Hundley or Deshaun Kaiser? Because I remember seeing that from Deshaun I'm sorry, Deshaun. My bad. Deshaun Kaiser. Hundley they both suck, so they're game. easily <laughs> misunderstood. <laughs> um, you know, Mack came in and was a difference maker from the moment he stepped on the field. I expect him to play a hell of a lot more snaps as he gets acclimated to the defense. Chicago's turning into a top-five defensive play, and I love them this week against a Seattle offensive line that is not good, and they're missing their top weapon. Their number one receiver is Tyler Lockett or uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, So I know, Farkey, you love the running game with Chris Carson. He's your boy. But do you have any sort of confidence in Chris Carson this week?
1: Yeah. You know why? Because Pete Pete Carroll came out and said that that, uh, Carson really took the lead. Cool. Yeah, so cool. Chris, so you can, all, you can always also, uh, trust Pete
0: Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Carroll also threw the ball on the one-yard line. In the Super Bowl. No,
1: I'll tell you what, I was I was really disappointed. I, I probably overdrafted Chris Carson by a round or two in a couple weeks and uh, was not happy with the result of the, of the splits in that first week. So uh, I, I'm still confident, at least for one more week, that he can be the guy. But if, if I watch this again, it, it's going to be trouble. He's going to be sitting on the bench.
2: I, mean, I, th- we, we, I thought Carson was clearly the better back. I do think the 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 running versus passing is, is going to be a little bit problem through the rest of the year. But I do think he looked better, um, clearly. Actually, clearly, and, yeah. Uh, seven.
1: He averaged seven yards a carry to Penny's one. I mean, clearly he did.
2: Yeah, but but the re, but I, I don't know how you could give Penny the workload that you did based off of the preseason either. I, I to me that was a little that was beyond baffling to be to be honest. Um, I think Tyler Lockett's a really good play, um, at least over the next three, four weeks. I thought he was a good play even last week. I got um, overridden in the Dynasty League by the Monday Night Man, but uh, it didn't <laughs> matter because we still put up, put up numbers. But um, I, th- I like Lockett, but I love a handful of players for the Bears. I think Robinson, who I was surprised how, how good he looked, but then he kind of faded at points. I think that's more symptomatic of Trubisky. But I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Burton is a really, really nice play while K.J. Wright's still out, um, or I believe he's going to be out. And, uh, yeah, I think Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen's a nice play. Uh, I like, I love the Bears players in this one.
0: Well, funny you say that because I just uh, traded for Trey Burton in the league from the Bills. So, um, looking forward to that. Literally just said let's do the trade. So, uh, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping you're right. Well, what's uh, the details of the trade? Let's hear this. Sure, trading, uh, so I had Delaney Walker. Uh, have no backup tight end. I'm giving up uh, Jay Ajayi, my guy, and uh, Danny Amendola to Conley Faw's squad. They just lost Doug Baldwin for a few weeks. They had George Kittle and Trey Burton. Uh, I'm getting back Trey Burton and Mark Ingram. So oh the way I look God. at this trade, I have Peyton Barber on my bench right now. Peyton Barber will... Peyton Barber will play for me for the next few weeks. What, so we've got our Margie first robbery, yeah, ro-
2: robbery on the pod. Oh my god!
0: Hey, you heard it here Why first. Here, it, like ready? Jesus Christ? <laughs> it, it fills a need for them. I mean, they need a wide receiver. I think Amendola has. He struggled with the one, obviously. Oh my god! But uh, <laughs> yeah, really, tell, who, who's your next best receiver? You know what? My next, uh, my ne- Chris Godwin
2: is you on the bench. This doesn't... you would have traded Godwin and Amendola.
0: They actually asked for Godwin. I said no. I'll give you Danny Amendola. And they didn't uh, I ask again. and Said, I, "What would you have said if they said no? It has to be Godwin." I would strongly consider it, but
2: I, you I, full I... of shit. You just said, "Okay, fine." Uh <laughs> you're full of shit.
1: <laughs> we need to, oh, these
2: guys. We, they don't. Oh, he said no. We can't push.
1: <laughs> we need to find a way to post whatever. The conversation is going to be with the Monday Night Man once he catches wind of this trade.
2: Nah, he, nah Here's the thing, Mark. Don't. He, he's not gonna care, and I'll tell you why. He is so locked in on how good his teams are. He's in that mode where he doesn't care what anybody else is doing. His team's the best. Like you think I'm shitting?
0: Reggie, ta- Reggie, Reggie
2: talk shit to him at 3:15. At 3.30, the perfect product was already like 25 points up on him and berated Reggie and Rue the rest of the Browns game. And then berated him all last night and then berated him again today. That's
1: dangerous ground this early in the season.
2: It is, but, I mean, he's always done this. This is his M.O. Yeah. Well,
0: that's that's who he is. That's who he is. All right, fellas, great chatting with you guys tonight. Obviously, uh, we had a lot to talk about week one in the books. We're all excited about, uh, you know, the, how the fantasy season is, is. Well, I'm excited about how the fantasy season is going in a few leagues. In the other couple leagues, I'm uh, struggling. Went four and four this week. Yeah, I'm in eight leagues. I'm a degenerate. Judge me for it. But, um, you know, we'll be we'll be back next week. Uh, obviously, we're going to recap week two, and we're looking forward to week three. In the meantime, we're going to be churning out articles left and right. We got podcasts coming out. I'll be doing the Patriot Way podcast here. Uh, hopefully, recording that tomorrow or Thursday, and then getting that out there before the game. A uh, lot to talk about there, uh, Sean. You guys are gonna be doing the State of the Browns weekly, or what's the plan with that? No, we're we're probably uh, th- you know
2: one every three weeks, four weeks. Browns play Thursday night Jets next Thursday, so we might do one you know later that week or weekend uh, after after the first three. See where we are. Um, hopefully, one one and one maybe, but we'll see.
0: Okay, Farkey, uh, You know what? W- what are you guys talking about coming up in College Pod?
1: Buckeyes, baby. The Buckeyes.
0: Nutrition value of corn <laughs> no. again.
1: Um, here's the thing about the college. Oh, pod. The college pod. What what people need to do to follow the college pod is to make money. Because I'll, I'll joke aside. We we did kill it last year on our pod picks. So we'll bounce back. We're about just over even right now, like Sean mentioned. But uh, get on there. Good good picks. Don't pay to follow one of these yes. losers on Twitter. Follow
2: nah, them. It's and, a little ns nsfw. Uh, not safe for kids in the van, but drop them off and then pop us in after. You get some college football takes. Uh, get your fixed before the weekend, and, and we'll get you primed and geared up.
0: Maybe every once in a we throw a Premier League bet in Saturday morning as well, so you can really fill out a parlay. Yes, you will. All right, gentlemen, good luck this week. I'm not playing either of you, so I, I wish you the best. Uh, and we'll talk next week, all right? Later. Later. And no matter what, not a Perfect.